is Thursday, December the 2nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Omicron's exponential spread and abortion at the Supreme Court. First, the world in brief. The head of South Africa's National Institute for Communicable Diseases said the Omicron variant of COVID-19 was spreading, quote, exponentially in the country, now accounting for 74% of new cases there. South Africa, where the new strain was discovered less than a week ago, recorded more than 8,500 COVID infections on Wednesday. Last week, the daily average was around 1,000. 25 countries, now including America and Nigeria, have identified Omicron cases. The WHO implored governments to take an evidence-based approach to travel restrictions, as more rush to close borders. Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission president, said the EU should consider vaccine mandates. A majority of justices on America's Supreme Court seem inclined to overturn a five-decade-old precedent, guaranteeing women the right to an abortion until about 24 weeks into pregnancy. At issue in the case they heard on Wednesday is whether Mississippi can ban abortions earlier, at 15 weeks. If the court allows it, numerous states are poised to do the same. A decision is expected early next summer. Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, accepted the resignation of his finance minister, the last economically orthodox member of his team. Mr Erdogan replaced Lufi Elvan with Nuruddin Nabati, a loyalist willing to advance the president's idiosyncratic view that Turkey's sky-high inflation, which has caused the lira to crash, can be fought by lowering interest rates. Mr Erdogan has also replaced three central bank governors in under three years. The EU unveiled its global gateway, a 3 billion euro, 340 billion dollar infrastructure development plan, billed as a quote, alternative to China's Belt and Road Initiative. The plan contains more spin than substance, a mixture of existing commitments, loan guarantees and heroic assumptions. Still, the EU says that the scheme will be more transparent and won't leave recipient countries in debt, as they often are to China. The Women's Tennis Association said it would suspend tournaments in China and Hong Kong, over concern for Peng Shui, a Chinese tennis star who accused a former Communist Party grandee of sexual assault. The move follows through on a threat made last month. The WTA's chairman, Steve Simon, said he has, quote, serious doubts that Miss Peng is safe from, quote, censorship, coercion and intimidation by the government. The International Energy Agency, an intergovernmental forecaster, predicted that renewable energy capacity will jump to more than 4,800 gigawatts by 2026, a 60% increase on 2020 levels. Stronger policy support and ambitious net-zero goals have driven up output. There is a need for speed. Capacity must grow 80% faster if the world is to reach net-zero emissions by 2050. Square, a payments company led by Twitter's recently departed co-founder, Jack Dorsey, announced it was changing its name to Block. Its new moniker signals a plan to expand into blockchain-related technologies, 
it has invested around $220 million in cryptocurrency. Like Facebook's renaming, Block will be the name for the corporate entity. The company's core seller business will retain the Square brand. Fact of the day. 61%. The percentage of voters who opted to change the state constitution to ensure that all Mainers had a quote, right to food. The first law of its kind in America. And editor's note. Whether you're a loyal fan or a new listener, we want to hear from you. We're launching a listener survey so you can tell us what you think about our podcasts and so we can find out what you would like to hear more of. To take part, visit economist.com slash briefing survey. That's economist.com slash briefing survey. The link to the survey is in the description. And now here's today's agenda. The spread of Omicron. Less than a week after South Africa alerted the world to Omicron, 25 countries have reported cases of the worrying COVID-19 new variant. It is spreading widely only in South Africa. It may have taken hold there by chance after arriving from another country. The World Health Organization expects more countries to find earlier cases once they analyse their backlogs of virus samples. More than 50 countries have introduced restrictions on international travel. On Thursday, Germany's national and state leaders will decide whether to impose restrictions on public life. Other countries have similar plans. If Omicron spreads more efficiently than Delta, the variant found in almost all cases worldwide today, such measures will delay a surge in infections by only a few weeks. The evidence on whether it can outcompete Delta is still firming up. All eyes are on South Africa, where scientists are hard at work to provide the answer. Ethiopia's army stalls the rebel advance. Eleven months ago, Ethiopia's Prime Minister was celebrating victory in a civil war that was less than a month old. To reassure foreign allies who feared a protracted conflict, Abiy Ahmed promised a quick end to military operations against the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front, rulers of the Tigray region, which had dominated the central government for much of the previous decades. Now Abiy is fighting for survival, literally. According to Ethiopian state media, he is leading his troops on the battlefield in a dramatic bid to reverse the rebels' advance toward the capital, Addis Ababa. Not far behind him are two Ethiopian Olympic heroes, Haile Gebrselassie and Faisal Adisa, both long-distance runners, who say they are ready to fight. In recent days, the federal government has reportedly recaptured a string of small towns, including at least two where Abiy was reportedly fighting. That should boost morale at the very least. Brazil's gloomy economic outlook Brazil may well enter a technical recession, two consecutive quarters of economic shrinkage on Thursday, when third quarter GDP figures are released. The economy contracted by 0.1% in the second quarter. 
A preview of GDP published by the central bank in November predicted a 0.1% decline between July and September. Things look much less rosy than they did early in the year. Unemployment has fallen from 14.9% in March to 12.6% in September. But inflation has surpassed 10% in the 12 months to October. Jair Bolsonaro, Brazil's president, has sidestepped the country's spending cap and increased government handouts, with an eye on the presidential election next year. Public debt is now more than 80% of GDP, a proportion that raises anxiety in the markets. Economists predict GDP growth of 4.8% in 2021, mostly compensating for a fall in 2020. But ITAU Unibanco, one of Brazil's biggest banks, is already bracing for a 0.5% contraction of GDP in 2022. Europe's ageing population Europeans are ageing and having ever fewer children. So, in the coming decades, their numbers will decline. On Thursday, population experts and government officials will meet for a second day in Sofia, the Bulgarian capital, to discuss the continent's demography. Eastern Europe's population, including Russia's, was 300 million in 2000, but is set to fall to 250 million by 2075. Bulgaria's peaked at 8.9 million in 1988 and now stands at 6.9 million. Statistics such as these provoke consternation in some quarters, but not for officials at the UN's Population Fund, which is organising the shindig. It is, quote, time to leave behind the narrative of anxiety and doom, they argue. Older generations could be one of the continent's biggest untapped resources. The challenge is to ensure that Europeans not only live longer, but maintain their health for longer too. No more talk of ageing as a population bomb. Welcome to the silver economy. Flea animates the life of a refugee. Flea, a documentary directed by Jonas Poha Rasmussen, swept the festival circuit this year, gathering dozens of awards and nominations. Denmark has selected the film as its entry for the International Feature Prize at the Oscars. On Friday, it will have its premiere in America. Weaving together animation, archive newsreel and personal testimonial, the film follows a gay Afghan refugee, Amin, a pseudonym meaning hope in Dari, who grew up in Kabul before making for Europe. Flea meets him as an adult in Denmark, where he is soon to marry his Danish fiancée, Kasper. Amin is ready to consider his future, having at last come to terms with his past. Mr Rasmussen has been friends with the real-life Amin for 25 years. He hopes Flea will give migrant stories a human face, showing, quote, this is something that can happen to everyone. Being a refugee, in the director's view, is a circumstance, not an identity. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jean-Jacques Rousseau. I would rather be a man of paradoxes than a man of prejudices. 
That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.